welcome to the Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The heart behind Kindled is to help moms use their gifts for God's glory and their good. We'll chat with real women who are learning how to do this very thing as they navigate motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. This heart-to-heart is always had over a cup of coffee and usually paired with a business pep talk. We hope you'll find practical advice and the encouragement you need to work well and live more. All right, so our guest for today is Haley Unruh, and Haley is the wife of Sam Unruh and owner of Unruh Furniture. She's also the mom of four little kids, and um, we got Chick-fil-A a couple years ago when our lives were both a little less full together, but then I think you actually just went to Chick-fil-A today with your kids, right? Yes, I did. We are frequent visitors there. Yeah. <laughs> It is um, it's the place to go with kids. It's so easy. Yeah, I know. They just make life easier on you as a mom. They, it's like you, you feel like they are really looking out for you. <laughs> They're really kind. It's always clean. I feel like there's a lot of germs, but they do a good job. Like they always clean all the tables off and right. I don't know. They serve you well. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And we love like the free ice cream. We always trade our toys in for free ice cream. So yeah. We did that today too. Yeah. And then the kids don't fall asleep for like an extra 30 minutes because they've had sugar rush, but yep. whatever. Yep. After four days of ice, we had to get out of the house. Uh, yeah. I'm with you there. I'm, I've paid for babysitters twice this week just to like maintain my own sanity. So I'm like, I can't afford this. I can't afford another ice week. <laughs> but well, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and talk with me. I was curious to talk to you about, um, you know, your life and, and your work as a mom and your role as half of the family of Unruh Furniture. And, and I know that that's a big part of your life and a big part of your roles and responsibilities these days as a mom of four. And so I think behind every great man, there's a very, very strong woman. So I, I'm always intrigued about the story of the women behind the men who are building things that are you know, successful. Cause I think, wow, there's someone, there's someone in the, in the, uh, behind the scenes that is doing a lot of essential work that, you know, <laughs> if she wasn't there, he couldn't do what he's doing. So well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I try I tell him that all the time. I'm like, Hey, you know what? You'd fall apart without me, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure he would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, he's an, amazing man and he's doing great but yeah yeah that's so I like to toot my own horn when I'm having those low days yes (laughs) I am the glue holding this family together (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah why don't you just like for the people who have not heard of you I think most people in Kansas City probably have heard your name or, or know know about Unruh Furniture but for the listeners who might not know who you guys are can you just kind of share a little about yourself yeah. Um, so like she said, my husband is Sam Unruh. Um, he started a custom furniture business um, almost six years ago. I, I was pregnant with Emma at the time, our oldest, and she is five. Um, and yeah, it's grown and he's moved locations a few times because of its growth. And so now he's in an old church down here in Midtown, Kansas City. And we've expanded to Dallas, which is super crazy. And so honestly, you're catching us at like the most stressful time in our lives, I feel like. But it's really fun and crazy at the same time. So I'm just kind of watching him risk everything every day. And it's really fun to do. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to the podcast, how we built this. Yes. I just feel like it's like our life, (laughs) but like in the very beginning, not like the like really successful part. It's like Mm -hmm. like the stressful part of the, the podcast or whatever, but it's fun and it's exciting to see. And so he's got, I think 20 employees now. Or around there. And I know that's bad that I don't know the exact number. It's just it changes a lot. So, yeah. Uh, and I'm not there every day. So, right. But I do try to 
stay involved and know all the employees names and everything like that but I like you said I'm at home with four kids and it's a lot of work because they're all under five so yes yes and we have twin three-year-olds and a one-year-old an 18-month-old so I truly like I would love to just be a fly on the wall because I'm my three-year-old is getting into a very challenging like three-nager stage which I know is like typical age age appropriate behavior and all that but wow like to double it up is uh, I mean I don't know do they team up on you (laughs) like I feel like that would be one of them is specific is definitely more strong-willed than the other Mm -hmm. um and she definitely is more of a three-nager and I'm hoping we're getting it all out like now right um and maybe later we won't have like the teenager girl stuff to go through but I've already heard the phrase like I don't love you anymore you're being rude to me (laughs) yes um and I thought I would have to wait a while to hear that Uh, but yeah I know it's it's like I I really understand why they say three major. Like I always have heard that and heard you know you think two is hot, tough, two is nothing, three is way worse because they can really like hurt, be hurtful. They're not just disobeying yeah. you, but they're like actually being kind of mean. And oh. yeah, all the time I'm like she's like you are being mean to me. And I'm like excuse me, what? <laughs> no, that's not how this works. And yesterday she was like get your face out of my mouth. Your breath stinks. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) okay. I actually remember saying stuff like that to my mom. Cause I remember she would be drinking coffee and like getting me in trouble and like down in my face, like disciplining me. And I would be like turning my head, trying not to breathe. Like, yeah. And she would be like, Oh, what coffee breath? Like, great. Thanks a lot. So I know. It's like, oh, they really, God. they really humble me for sure. That's yeah. Yes, I do. But I love them to death and I love my life with them. But it is hard. It is. Yeah. It's interesting how it can be both and. It's like like the hardest thing ever, but also the best. Yeah. So so he started under furniture back when you were pregnant with Emma, your first. And can you kind of tell me about like what your life was like at that time and what led you guys to decide to to start that business? Yeah, he worked for his dad, which you know, Kip, Mm -hmm. and um, he did, like, property management, and he liked it, but um, he wasn't, like, in love with it, and he did, he probably started building a few pieces a a month, and I was, like, it started working, and he was selling it on Craigslist, and he would just, like, go out in the shop, I was pregnant, or not shop, garage, and I was... Mm -hmm he like created into a shop and I was pregnant with Emma and it started working and I could tell his like his um focus was split he was like half in into his job but mostly like his heart was building this furniture and like seeing it work and seeing him make money from it and eventually I was just like you need to quit working for your dad and do this and he was kind of like, well, what if it doesn't work? And I was like, well, then I don't know, you'll get a job at Lowe's or something. Like, I don't care. (laughs) We'll make it work. Like, I've always had that kind of entrepreneurial mindset, like anyways, too. So I, I love finding different ways to make money anyways. So I just was like, I knew we could make it work, whatever we, if it didn't, if this didn't work, I knew we could figure out something to make money. So I wasn't really worried about that. And one kid doesn't cost that much money. I always tell people that they're always like, they're always like, Oh, we have to wait until we make enough money to have kids or like we're saving this certain amount. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. it's pretty much the same except diapers and wipes, like for that one child, because everybody buys you stuff that you need. And then, you know, you just have diapers and wipes because they don't eat solid foods forever. So (laughs) yeah, unless of course you have like a a fashion shopping addiction problem to baby style and like gap kids, then you might have a problem, but you don't, you, you can make it cheap. Yeah. Which I mean, I did, I kind of have that problem, but not, you know, well, you're kind of a bargain hunter like me. Like I garage sailed for all of that stuff before Isla was born and got almost all of her wardrobe yeah. Like through the age of two and a half before she was even born. And yeah. 
True. So if you're resourceful, you can you can still have a really cute baby on a budget. <laughs> yes, you can. For sure. So yeah. So you told him he needed to quit and yeah. you weren't worried about money. Yeah, and so he did. And then he was it started working. He was pretty successful and um it was like we had Emma um August twenty fifth and he had quit working in the spring. I don't know exactly when. So he was making about five pieces of furniture a week, I think. No, three pieces of furniture a week at the beginning was what it took us to like live comfortably in our house. And, And then it just kind of grew and grew. And then he decided at one point, I think it was like late that summer or fall that he wasn't going to finish the furniture anymore. And he, um, so he hired a finisher and he like delivered the furniture to that guy and he put the finish on the furniture. And then that was like, then he would go and deliver the pieces of furniture himself still. And then, I mean, and then we finally got our first employee, um, I think maybe a year from then who like was actually working for him. But Sam has always, once he decided to give something off to an employee, delegate it, he has decided to not ever go backwards, which Mm -hmm. I always thought that was strange. Like there was one part in that season where like a customer came and wanted their furniture and there was something wrong with the finish. And I was like, just finish it you know how to do that and he was like no I already delegated that off like we're just pushing it we're gonna have an unhappy you know it'll just like we'll have to deal with this customer issue but like I have already delegated that part off and I'm working on growing the business in this way like Mm. it's, it's a weird mindset for him as an entrepreneur but I've like seen it work in a sense where he's been able to actually focus on growth Mm -hmm. and because he's been able to delegate which has been interesting for me yeah but that is that is a really essential skill as a business owner and someone that is seeking to grow your business because obviously everybody is only capable and has so many hours in a day you can't do it all I mean there I think everyone when you're starting out you are wearing all the hats and doing it all for a while but pretty quickly, you have to find the thing you're not the best at and source that out to someone else, or you will either get burnt out or just never be able to grow. Right. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. So life, yeah. So life back then looked pretty much, I mean, it was a little bit quieter because he worked at home and I would be able to see him at lunchtime and stuff like that. But it didn't look that much different than it does now because he worked a lot then too, cause he was mm-hmm. just doing everything. Like you said, he was wearing all the hats and he was, um, growing the business and he was always, always, um, seeing it for what it is today. I think he always kind of worked for it to grow. You know, he was never like, Oh, right. I'll always just build three pieces of furniture a week. And this is what it takes for us to live. He was always excited about the growth. So when did it start like shifting? You said it was, it started out quiet. When did, what was like the tipping point or, or was there a time where you were like, wow, that like this, something is happening and it's, this is more than we expected. Or like, this is really, this is really taking off. Was there like a clear moment like that for you guys? Or was it just a really slow, steady? Uh, I think it's just been slow and steady. Um, I think because I, so I got pregnant with the twins like year two into the business. And that was like kind of crazy for us. They were surprised. And so that was like crazy growth in our personal family. And then at home, I mean, in his business, he had probably had two employees at that time and maybe was hiring his third. So it was just kind of like a slow growth, like slow and steady, but it was always working. It was always clear that the Lord was blessing the business and that it was, it was working. Um, when we moved to the church, um, there was actually like a stall in the business and it was like pretty scary. It was like almost, you know, like not going to work for a while, but it was great because at that time he was able to like refine and this was, so this was last year. 
he was able mm-hmm. to like refine and kind of trim down and figure out what was wrong and what needed to change. And then it was almost like the Lord put wind behind him. Mm. I don't know. Cause this year has been like, this year's felt like a lot of growth. Yeah. Um, with that whole, you said everybody probably has heard of us and that, that might be because of the sprint commercials and that has yeah, been talk to us about that. Like what, what happened with that? Cause I know a little bit, but if you can maybe tell, tell what happened with that earlier this yeah, year, it was weird. They actually called my phone and I, like we were driving to Texas for just a trip to see my family and they called my phone and they were like, Hey, is this under furniture? And um, I just gave the phone to Sam and he thought it was like a spam call. And they were like, no, we want to talk to you and we want to use you as um, kind of like they're doing like a local campaign. And he was like, he kind of thought it was like not real. He mm-hmm. was kind of confused and he didn't understand what they meant. And then when he got to go to, to visit that he realized that they wanted to use his face as um, a you know, a sprint ad because he, we have sprint and he has a successful biz, local business. And so wow. that's what I'm talking about. Like the wind behind him, yeah. because like that was so the Lord, because yeah. we can't afford billboards or bus yeah. ads right. or, you know, halftime commercials. We can't afford any of that. So it's yeah. like, so, so so I, for the people who don't know, what all did that entail, that campaign that Sprint did? Because you're mentioning some of it. Yeah, it included – so they paid him. They paid him to do it, which is even wow. more crazy. Um, but they came, and it was, like, hilarious because there was, like, 30 people with, like, all these crazy equipment and filming him. And it included radio ads, um, bus ads, like bus wraps, which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. The kids thought that yeah. was funny. Um, and your mother-in-law, and- Chris, told me that uh, that so the kids were out, like, somewhere in in Kansas City, and, like, a bus went by, and they were like, there's daddy. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> I mean, it's so weird. That's hilarious. It's, like, so strange to me. But, so, yeah, his face is, like, it's like that modern family. Have you seen that modern family where Phil's, like, on the bench? Oh, shoot. I haven't. It's okay. But anyways, it's just funny. It's just weird to see your husband's face everywhere. Um, But yeah, it included um, billboards and halftime commercial ads. And then I think radio ads. I never heard the radio one, but. Mm -hmm. And that was halftime during a Chiefs game, right? Yeah, a Chiefs game. Yeah, which was crazy. crazy. And then. and then the building downtown, he's like on the side of a building, which is yes. crazy. I have seen me. that. Like it's, I was at Anton's with my <laughs> sisters and I literally was like parallel parking. And then I looked up and was like, oh, there is Sam Runner's face on a building. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's so, so funny. funny. Yeah. That's amazing. So did you, I mean, have you guys seen like a, an exponential, like, result I mean growth from that and just in brand recognition and for sure I think it gives people our customers like comfort and just having that huge company is sprint behind us you know um yeah we have definitely seen a lot of customers come in for that so that's been awesome that's so cool yeah that's good for you guys that's fun um so they basically just like I guess that's how they probably you know, I never thought about it, but they can obviously see who holds accounts with them and then be like, oh, right. hey, look at this guy. We, you know, there's a perfect opportunity. Yeah, they just called him up. That's awesome. It was really weird. Yeah. It was, that's kind of thing that only, you can just like say, okay, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Like that's not something we tried to do or anything like that. Yeah. Which people have thought we paid for it. So right. it's kind of, but. Well, it makes me think of the verse, like to him who is able to do exceedingly more than all that we ask or imagine. It's like you probably didn't even cross your mind to like put that kind of money into a, you know, citywide ad campaign. Like you said, even if you had thought of it, you probably wouldn't have made that, that expenditure and like God just, you know, shifting the winds, like you said, is, um, he does that sometimes. 
And that's really yeah. awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. It's fun. So, um, what is life like for you as the woman behind the furniture company who is probably mostly in the background, mostly behind the scenes with yeah. your four kids. You're just a busy mom like me and, um, and like a lot of the listeners, um, what is it like for you to be, you know, the other half of that partnership and yeah. How do you, how do you approach and view that role? Yeah. I mean, you're asking me that at a weird time. I've, I mean, I've, I think for the last three years kind of struggled with like what I feel or what I think. I mean, probably a year ago I was pretty like down in the dumps as a mom, just cause I was changing three kids diapers. I was up in the middle of the night and I was just feeling like we weren't connecting very much as husband and wife. And I was like wanting more of a role in his business. And it was just like, very difficult for me to find my role and my path and what I wanted because I didn't even know what I wanted, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And I think I told you via text before this, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I had listened to Jamie Ivey's interview with her podcast with, um, Maria Goff Mm -hmm. and she given the analogy of Bob Goff being the balloon and who was like always in the spotlight, but she knew like her role was the string that was holding the balloon. Mm-hmm. And, I remember um, that episode. Yeah, I loved it. And we were actually on our way to Dallas a whole year ago, um, kind of just Sam and I on a exploration trip together just to kind of see what, what we were thinking And is that the right move for the trip or for the business? And anyways, I heard that interview and I felt like the Lord just like hit, just like pierced my heart with that. And he was just Mm -hmm. like, this is, you know, this is what I have for you. It doesn't mean that like one day I won't be the balloon or one day, you know, I won't be something different, but like right now I'm totally fine with that being that string that like holds, holds him, you know? Yeah. And, um, I have so much peace about where I'm at, um, staying home with the kids and which I never thought I would do. Like if my 20 year old, like liberal self, uh, was like seeing me now would be like, who the hell are you? Yeah. I mean, but I thought I was going to be like this working mom and like, I don't know. I just like had so many ideas and for my life, but I mean, God just kind of totally changed my heart in some ways not to say that being a working mom is isn't okay I think the Lord put me in this role to humble me honestly Mm -hmm. like I um yeah I needed this yeah (laughs) so I feel like I've grown a lot and it's you know it's been not as romantic as it may seem on social media or anything like that to have a growing business or in four kids and all that. Stuff. Yeah, no, so. I mean, it never is. And, and I know that it, it does right. look that way. And that's kind of our, even our job as entrepreneurs is to like showcase the best of your talents and your, you know, what you, what you have to offer, because that's like why people will come and buy your product. And, but it it can also feel like you're, sometimes I think it can leave you feeling like you're living a lie. You're like, this is not how I feel today. I do not feel shiny and beautiful and loved. You know, I, I feel used up and emptied and really, I mean, motherhood is that, um, obviously it's such a high calling, but it, a lot of days you end the day just feeling like, completely drained dry of all resources and energy. Yeah. I've never been, um, in a spot that I've grown more in my life than motherhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also not grown. There's like, there's been times with like my relationship with the Lord where I'm like, I can't even have time. I don't even know where I can begin to have time with the Lord or, but at the same time, I've been so raw in these last five years, six years that I've, I've just only had the time for 
growth in him and in a sense i don't know if that makes any sense i feel like that doesn't make any no, sense no i think but. yeah i totally understand what you're saying and i think any mom who has i mean really <laughs> any mom understands that because it's like yeah. you don't have time for the pretense of what it's supposed to look like you just have time to be desperate and Right. And when you're in that spot, you're actually closer than you would be if you were like, okay, like, where's my 30 minute quiet time today? And, you know, right. I mean, like, that was something I remember, you know, even summer camp kind of instilling in me this idea that this is what having a relationship with God looks like is every day after yeah. lunch, we go back to your cabin and you have a 30 minute quiet time with the Lord. And yeah, with and, yeah, you know, and like, like quiet on your bed and you pray and then everybody comes together and plays a game. And it's like that you know we know that isn't reality but it, it it can be really hard to figure out how how to continue to grow when life looks so different and yeah you you feel so uh you can feel so distant for sure and um and raw and just yeah open and it's like but that is you know when you think about it like what does god need to work but our are to see our, the true us meeting the true God. You know, that's like when we're our realist and most true version of ourselves is when we can actually see him. Yeah, I totally agree. So the string, the string balloon analogy, I love, and you're, you know, I think what's neat about that is that the string seems like you know, the lesser, it seems like the lesser of the two parts to us. Like when we think about the string versus the shiny red balloon, mm-hmm. um, but like the balloon wouldn't even be useful or be viewed or be able to be enjoyed by anybody. And the beauty of that balloon or whatever lightness and like joy it could bring would be completely wasted without the string. You know, it would be, it would be flying away into, into the air and it would burst like its own levity right. would destroy it and the the spotlight is not what determines your value yeah. and to be honest I don't think I could handle myself on the side of a building so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't really I don't really need to be the balloon <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like and after like come to find out I don't want to be the balloon I'd rather be the string yeah yeah but we want we do want like everybody wants to be fully seen and fully loved like ultimately of course but oh yeah like this had i just had a argument with sam the other week i was like i need you to encourage me like you did when we were dating right (laughs) and he was like we didn't have four kids in the business then yeah (laughs) like i had all my time to give to you and i was like i know (laughs) i know i was talking to my sister about that like how just the dynamic of your marriage changes so much when you have kids and businesses and lives and um like i remember back early on when we got married i you know i connect with my husband by talking to him and like sharing and downloading everything like that I'm thinking and going through it all and, you know, and hashing it out. And he, um, connects by shared experiences and like doing things side by side together. So like he feels just as connected to me when we're like watching a show together or playing a game. Whereas I'm like, no, we need to be talking. Like I need to be hearing about what you're feeling and what you're thinking. And I was telling my sister that like early on in our marriage, he would come home from work and we found out that he would get really stressed out when I would immediately start downloading and wanting to talk to him about his day. Cause he was on the phone all day and he was like, I just need an hour of that. I need an hour or so of like alone time to decompress. And then we can come together and like talk about our day. And so um, I was like, okay, like we can do that. And so we started doing that and you know, that lasted as long as we didn't have kids. And then right. once you have your first kid, you're like, I, at the time I was home with her and he would get home and you know, that went, that went out the window completely. Cause I was like, uh, no, you are home and you are on <laughs> like, right. like I yeah. am going to go take a break and you're on. And, and so you just, you don't get what you think you need anymore. And I think like God does give grace for that and he provides what we need when we need it. And so like he can, he can change you and mature you in ways you need to be matured, but it's just funny how, yeah, your needs definitely change and what you get changes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so what did you do before kids? And you mentioned like you, you had all these plans, like what did you, 
what were, what did you used to think you wanted to do? And like, how has that changed in this, in this season that you're in? And you said you're totally at peace now. Like that sounds like it would be a very big leap to go from like having those vision, a vision of what you thought your future would be to, to seeing what your reality is and like how, what does that process look like? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a long process, but I mean, cause for me, it took a, a whole six years, I think to, <laughs> to like fully surrender all of those like hopes and dreams and ideas of what I thought I would be at right now. But this is so much better where I'm at, where he has me is so much better. And, but I went to college for social work. Um, so I've always kind of been like social justice oriented. Uh, and then when I moved here to Kansas city, I couldn't find a job in social work, um, which was kind of unfortunate cause I didn't have my master's yet. And, um, you kind of need that, um, uh, to find a good job. So then I worked at Kansas city Christian as a preschool teacher for a year. No, before that I worked at blue Valley, but for a year. And then I did Kansas City Christian. And then, um, and then I got pregnant with Emma, stayed home with her. Cause at that time, like it wasn't worth it to go back. Financially. And I, mm-hmm. I had her and I, I didn't want to at the time and not to say that that's for everybody, but I just, I wanted to stay home and I had total peace about staying home. Um, when she was like three months old, I started to get that itch for like doing something more. So I yeah. created like an Etsy, a sign business. And I did, I made world maps out of Sam's um, scraps and like painted them signs. And I did that for a while. Um, and I made good money, good side money on that. And it was really successful and I loved it. I loved marketing it. I used like all these different ways to market it. I love, I actually really like marketing when I have the time for it. I don't have time for it yeah. um, currently, but like I do like to read articles on marketing and I love doing all that stuff. But, um, and then when I got pregnant with the twins, that really slowed me down. I mean, mm-hmm. because naturally, yeah. And because they were twins, like my pregnancy was like, so, so, um, hard and I had to go really slow. Otherwise I might have a, have two babies too early. Right. And I did have, I did have two babies too early. I had them at 32 weeks. Wow. So then we were in the hospital for two months. And so it's just been kind of a trying, um, motherhood season for me because, I had preemies and they have mm-hmm. asthma and there's, you know, they get sick more easily than other kids do. And then yeah, they get yeah. the whole family sick. And so it's just been, you know, that that's when I quit the Etsy, I shut it down, but I like, I had to, I mean, I yeah. loved it cause I would make one sign and I'd make 300 bucks, you know? Yes. So I was like, yes, I can go to target and buy whatever I want. Yeah. And, and those uh, signs were so cute. I remember that oh, business thanks. and love them, love seeing them. Yeah. And, but I just, I had to shut it down. I mean, I just had no grace for it. And I felt total peace about that. I was like, I mean, that was one of those situations where I felt like the Lord was just growing me in a sense where it just, I knew that maybe there will be a time for this later in my life, but the time for that is not now. And I just, um, I just knew that that was right. And mm-hmm. so, um, and then the twins got a little older and we got pregnant with Bear, our youngest, and he's been the easiest. He's so easy. I mean, oh, that's awesome. Like you take the leap. Usually people go from one to two and then I hear two to three is the hardest, yes. but I know that I went from one to three, right? Three to four was a breeze. Oh, like, interesting. So, cause you're just like, whatever. Exactly. That's what they're my eating, mom has said. Yeah. They're eating old pizza in the back of a minivan. I don't care. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and they're like three months old. They haven't had a solid yet. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. But, you, you can't control it all. So you stop trying. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's been a lot of freedom in having mm-hmm. him and 
him being healthy and um it's just been um kind of an easy leap to have four kids now and um but I do we do have um an Airbnb that you probably don't know about um and so I manage that I manage oh, cool. that and that kind of gives me some adult interaction and sometimes mm-hmm. confrontation that gives me some um sanity yeah yeah <laughs> that's awesome that's nice to have something so I, I would do you want to go back a little bit to what you mentioned about when you said you knew it was time it was not time for the your Etsy business um okay. was that like a hard thing to sacrifice and lay down or was it like just God gave you the grace to say you know, I'm, I don't feel, you know, sad about this because I know that this is like my higher calling. I don't know. I mean, was that hard for you? It wasn't hard for me. I mean, I just knew that I, if I had kept going at that, then I wouldn't, I'd be sacrificing something. And, um, I wasn't handling motherhood and a successful business Etsy business. Well, um, I couldn't juggle all the hats it was too much. Um, and so I knew that I was sacrificing my own health or my kids like sanity or my husband's sanity. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I know that that sounds like I was, I don't know. So like, what did that look like? Cause I'm, I mean, I've, oh. I've been in season. I for sure. If, okay. if not, am yeah. I still there? I have been in that spot where you're like, I know that I cannot sustain this pace forever, but it's yeah. just a matter of like, when am I willing to say to, when am I willing to admit that to myself? You know, yeah. it, I think it took me a while. I tried for a good six months to do it all. Um, I shut it down while I was like really pregnant. And then we had the preemies and I brought it back to life a little bit when they were probably three months old or four months old and they were at home and I would do it during naps or something. And it just didn't work. It wasn't working and I wasn't happy. And, um, so I just shut it off and it was like so freeing. So I just knew, I think you just know when, a when the weights lifted off of you, um, then that's a good feeling. If you, if you let something go in motherhood or in life in general, or being at, as just being a woman, if you just let something go and you miss it, then like revisit that with the Lord. But if you mm-hmm. let something go and you feel better, then I think you, and you feel like a weight was lifted, then I think you made the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. That's I good. I, I, I totally agree. And there's been even decisions that I've kind of come to recently that I really feel like fear about saying no to things or saying no to a client. Like I really don't want to say no. I want to say yes, but I know that I can't say yes. And then in doing that, like as soon as I, as soon as I send the email or say, you know, I actually don't think that's, that that's going to be where I serve you best, or that's not my cup of tea. That's not my focus for my business. And and doing that, it's so scary and it's my least favorite thing. But then the second you do it, you're like, oh my gosh, if I had known that there was the potential for this sort of, you know, release and peace, then like, I think I would have been okay with doing this a long time ago, you know? Right. Yeah. That's been a huge thing with me in life in general is like, and I think we all as believers who have whoever is listening who is a believer has they have the holy spirit in them and we do and it's if we tap into that it's so freeing because he can lead us to make the right decision to work when we need to work or not work when we don't need to work or you know make say no to things or say yes to certain things and some things he calls us to are really hard and some things he calls us to is to free us up and to make us feel lighter. You know, I don't. Yeah. And sometimes that thing is actually both. It's like, right. Cause it's not always, you know, I mean, you had an easy time, but you know, I'm sure there's been other things too that you've been like, man, I would love to keep doing this, but I can't like, you know, like $300 target trips. Like I would love to go and like spend all my money in, you know, the target home decor section. But now I, you know, I don't have that, that leeway or freedom. Right. So 
um, kind of like launching off that, do you feel like you are like totally just, I don't know. Are you just totally on, on hold or on pause as far as like hobbies or interests or are there things that you're doing that are kind of enabling you? Like you mentioned the Airbnb, like are there things that you're kind of able to, um, to do that, that kind of give you life outside of motherhood or what does that look like? Yeah, there's not a lot of space for that in my life. Um, mainly cause, okay. So my oldest and you probably don't know this yet, but like you have, two that are napping but my oldest doesn't nap anymore oh my oldest doesn't nap anymore either that's so hard Oh, okay you do know this okay yes it's it's a game changer you don't have as much time do you guys do do you guys do any quiet times or does she yeah I mean kind of but I'm not super structured so Mm -hmm. yeah it's not a super structured once they decide to come out of their rooms it's kind of like okay it's kind of over well (laughs) and she shares a room with her twin sisters so yeah yeah she doesn't really have a space to be quiet. Right. right. She's kind of done with me. Um, but I have, um, I talked to my parents. They live in Texas. I talked them into buying a house um, in the fall mm-hmm. and renovating it and turning it into an Airbnb. Wow. So um, I manage theirs and ours. Um, and so theirs has been super fun for me because I managed the guy that renovated it and, you know, that was fun. That was yeah. the fun way to get some energy out and feel like a grown up. Um, yeah. So yeah. So now actually, it's that is a lot of work for me is doing yeah. the Airbnb. And so, do you like flip those properties when when guests leave? Oh, I used to clean it. I was crazy. I, yeah. I thought I was like not my parents, but ours is above our garage and I used to, um, clean it during nap time, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. was dumb. Um, I did not need to be doing that. And then I found, I found a house cleaner and okay, so good. Yeah, she does it. That's and awesome. She's amazing. Her name's Heidi. I love her. That's great. Does she do your house too? Yeah, <laughs> like, she does. Come on over. But you know what? I didn't, ha- you know, and this is huge. I did not feel the freedom to hire a house cleaner for like the longest time, but I should have done it like four years ago. Mm, that's and, good to hear. And you know, some people like, I don't know what it is. Why don't we feel the freedom to oh, do that? Oh, I think it's pride for me. Yeah. I mean, it was, I would like break down in tears. Like, I don't want to have somebody clean my house. I should be able to get my house and I should be able to like do all these things. I should be able to have dinner ready. I should be able to have all my bathrooms clean. I could not do it. Like, no, I can't. And I I don't even have four kids and I can't do it. (laughs) So I, but even before four kids, it was cleaning is not my gifting. It's Mm -hmm. not. So cleaning, we should make t-shirts. Cleaning is not my gifting think it would sell on Etsy so actually this year was like the first time I've like had the felt the freedom to say like yeah I have a house cleaner and I'm not ashamed of it and Mm -hmm. she's amazing and she comes on Fridays and my come home my house is clean and my laundry's done and my beds are yeah and just that that is like what enables you to, you know, be a better mom and better wife and to have more, you know, margin or patience or time for your kids and your family and where you're at in this season. Like that, that's awesome that you have gotten to that point and that you can afford to do it. And, you know, of course I know we've all been in seasons where that (laughs) isn't in the budget, like, and, and that's right. okay too. Like God does provide the grace and the strength and the patience and whatever that you need. And when, when you don't have it, like you find yourself, like we said, like going to him and, and, right. and asking for it. And, and those dry seasons can be really formative too. So, right. but yeah, I mean, I, I know for sure that like that is, that would be where in my mind, I would say the same things. Like I, should be able to do all the things and I should be able to, and then, you know, tack on all the things that I want to do, like run this business and do everything myself and not delegate and raise two kids and make dinner and clean the house. And, you know, it's really just whatever you, whatever lies you believe and tell yourself that you should be able to do. And then when you don't do them, like you failed your, and you failed yourself really more than anything else. Cause it's not like your husband's asking you to do all of that. Like, you know, I think a lot of times I like have more of that martyr mindset. Like I have to do all of this myself. 
Yeah, I do too. And it's, it's silly because honestly, the Lord doesn't want us to be that way anyways. He wants us to be raw and he doesn't want us to feel like we, I want to be perfect. I mean, I honestly do. I want to be the perfect (laughs) mom. I want to be the perfect wife. I want to have the perfect house, the perfect business. And I just do. And I like found myself, like, I was like, it was so silly. I was like crying one day. I was like, Lord, I just want to do everything perfect, but I can't. And he was like, I don't want you to be perfect. Right. (laughs) Like you need to rely on me. Like he is like our wonderful counselor and he was the person that we should get all of our strength from. Mm -hmm. But I like go at him fighting him saying like, no, it's me. I want to be the perfect person like without you. (laughs) I mean, I think we all do. Like I think that women and men, I think if we're honest, like we're all seeking to, you know, we're, you know, putting ourselves in the place that only God can be, which is on the throne of our lives and this, the perfect savior of our lives. And we're going to do it all. And, and even believers get tripped up in, in feeling and thinking and operating under those, those beliefs really. And that that's, that's what he's asking us to is, is to be perfect or to fulfill everything, you know, to the degree that we think we should. But, uh, have you heard of Sarah Haggerty's book unseen? Um, no. Yeah. I have not read all of, I haven't, I've only read like a couple chapters, but, um, that book is, sounds like you should read it for sure. And I need to finish it, but it's just really, you know, it's really beautiful because she talks about like, I feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like my doctor was telling me to read this the other day. <laughs> that is funny. Medical advice no, you need. Yes. No. Yeah. I walked in there cause like Ellie had pink eye and uh, yeah, everybody was sick. Yeah. And he, Have you read this book? <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's just really, I think it's what we need to hear. It's in the Bible that like he sees us and knows us and fully sees us and fully knows us and fully loves us. Just that, yeah, we can be okay in being unseen and that like, that God likes it when we're weak Yeah, because then we need him. And that's such a hard place to be because, I mean, we are, we feel weak as moms, but it is so hard to like, yeah. At fully accept that you are you still really want to be strong and you really want to be okay you know like on your own and ultimately we can't yes absolutely so what do you think like what would you say to the mom who is kind of feeling like how you described yourself a year ago like down in the dumps just feeling like you know when is it going to be time for me like what what would be your encouragement or words to yourself in that time and to the mom who's there now man that's a loaded question. I I don't know. I mean, there's two different things. There's, okay, so also when after I had the twins that whole year, I had postpartum anxiety and depression, but I didn't know it. So mm-hmm. that, if I would have known that, I think I would have gone on medicine. Now, mm-hmm. I, I self-regulated. It took a, like mm-hmm. a year and a half. But wow. I, um, I think my hormones just balanced out. But like, so a year ago, I was just in um, the regular, you know, life's hard. How am I going to do this? Um, and in that situation, I would say um, really try to find, even if it's like while you're folding the laundry or anything, just to like, seek the Lord in those quiet moments. They're not quiet. Those moments aren't quiet because your kids yeah. don't like you. But like, I just feel like there's moments the Holy Spirit can just um, sweep you up, you know, and help you and, and lift you up and give you what you need. Um, I mean, Satan is like, he wants to devour us. and mm-hmm. um, But like scripture says he's like a lion he's not but he's not a lion say a lion and he i love that he can't um he wants us to focus on him and to be scared um and to believe that our circumstances can devour us but they can't 
And oh my gosh, that seriously gives me goosebumps. Like he, I've never thought of that. Like, yeah. Well, it was it, in, it was in a devotion that I had recently. <laughs> so, no, but I love it. I, I'll give you credit. <laughs> no, you don't have to. But I mean, I'm not quoting it word for word. But it's been yeah. sticking with me like crazy since I read it, mm-hmm. and I've been like, man, I needed that. I I need to know that my circumstances. Um, they don't rule over me and they don't have power over me. And um, and my strength comes from the Lord and he can do anything and I can move past this, but Mm, that's really good. But a mom that's like truly suffering. um, I know what that's like from anxiety or postpartum depression. I know you interviewed, I listened to your interview um, Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago um, and she was talking about that and getting on medication. Like, I am so for that. And I think same as hiring a house cleaner, we also as women need to hear that like counseling is okay. And oh, yeah, medication is okay. Sometimes, right? I mean, I think we all need to be in counseling. I mean, yeah. really, I think everybody needs to be in counseling. <laughs> yeah. When you put them down late, they like never sleep as long as you want them to. And it was. Oh, I know. That's just it's so counterintuitive, though, because it's like it doesn't make sense. Like you should be exhausted. I know. It's so. Um, But. Yeah. What time does Sam get home usually? Oh, (laughs) I mean, he tries to get home around 530, but like some days it's like 738. Who knows? So yeah, it's crazy. He goes in Those at are four. Some long days. Four a.m. Yes. <laughs> Whoa! Wow. Yeah. Sometimes two thirty. He's been going in at two thirty lately. What? Like how, when does he go to bed? <laughs> like eight. That's why I said it's not as romantic as it sounds. Our life. Yeah. Do you go to bed that early? Um. No. <laughs> because he wants me. To, he's like. You could just wake up at four with me and we could, you know, you could do your stuff that you do at home and then, you know, we'll go to bed early and we'll just like be, that'll be our time, our hours. Cause he feels the most productive from 4am on, mm-hmm. you know, he's like a morning person. And I'm just yeah. like that hour, that four o'clock hour. I was not made for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Except to be like laying with my head on a soft pillow. Yeah. And if I eat up in the middle of the night with kids, like, you just can't get up early. Oh, no. And you've got to be, like, able to weather the day. I mean, you've got a long day ahead of you, so. I know. And he does, too. But it's a different different calling, being a mom. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When I'm I'm that tired, like, because sometimes I'll try and get up early to work out. Like, if I go to a 5.30 a.m. class, then I have to get up at 4.45. And my, like the latest I can go to bed on those nights is like 1030, which is so hard for me because I like staying up late. And, and so if I go to bed 1030, like that's really, like I'm doing really well. Um, but yeah, if I, if it's later than that, I just, I'm like, nope, canceling because I can't be a zombie tomorrow. And and I know I'll be shorter with my kids and be impatient and be tired and be like, this isn't fair. (laughs) So it's just, it's not good for anybody. I know. I feel the exact same way. So I'm going to move on to the three questions that I ask every guest. Um, What is your best organization or efficiency tip for moms? I I really laughed when I read that one. (laughs) I'm not organized (laughs) or efficient. I'm probably like the least organized and efficient person you'll meet. And my husband (laughs) is the most organized and efficient person. That's why you guys are a good pair. He is like the king of having systems uh-huh. and he has a system for every system and he wants he really wants to just systemize my whole life yeah but i i can't i don't delete emails which drives him crazy uh-huh. um, I, and i just i mean that's why i have a house cleaner now and i right. love her and um, so that's perfect though, because there's probably a lot of women who are just like you who are like, yeah, I'm not organized and I don't even necessarily want to be organized, but maybe the yeah. answer for that woman is like, get a house cleaner or, you know, delegate what you're not good at. And if that's not what you're good yeah. at, then delegate it. Yeah. And I don't know. If, and it's just not how my brain works. Yeah. Like I, and I don't, it's not fun for me, Yeah, but 
I, I mean, I try, I really do try. I try to be organized and I, you know, I try to be like minimalistic, Mm -hmm. like everybody is on Instagram, getting rid of all the toys, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I like toys. (laughs) I know. I am the same way. Um, but no, I have, I, I do try to declutter. That does help me. Um, so I do like try to, you know, do that every now and then. Yeah, I like I'm simultaneously like obsessed with that whole, you know, seeing what people do. And like, I don't know if you've heard of Ali Casaza, but she yeah, is no, like, I follow her and I don't know why yeah. I follow her because I am not a minimalist. I'm not a minimalist at all. And I'm not even like a believer in being a minimalist, but I like, like her a lot, though. I like her tips. And yeah, yeah. I got her email yeah. series and like they're just helpful. Like, OK, yeah. you're going to tackle the bathroom cabinets and it actually really got me going for a few days where I was like wow this is like really fun now I don't want to throw away all my toys but the wooden ones like I like this you know I like the puppies that bark and I like some of the plastic toys like yeah and if I threw them away I would go to Target and go buy something else that's plastic so I'm sorry I'm just that mom but yeah um but it is good like it is good to just keep it as a part of your you know understanding of your life and your home like okay Clearly, this cabinet is stressing me out because yes. it's so full that the toys can't actually be put away. And so yeah. that's I that's a sign I need to either trash some stuff or put yeah. it in the basement or something. Yes. Yeah. No, and I am. I really do try. One of my bad habits is procrastinating. I really am trying to tackle that and not be a procrastinator. But, you know, I it's hard. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. What do you do for fun? Um, well, I, I like the bachelor. This is new. I, so I don't really have a lot of time to go out or go have fun with friends or all that stuff. But I, Sam has gotten into it with me. We watched the bachelor on Monday nights and this is the first season we watched and I like it. It's fun. It's fun to just like have casual, Yeah. like you're watching people and it's hilarious. I mean, And I'm really into it. I can't wait. It's even more fun to watch with your husband, like, because I don't know about Sam, but Joey, like, makes fun of it, and it just makes it yeah. even funnier for me. So, so fun. I love like, it. Like, to a degree, because then sometimes I'm like, okay, be quiet. I actually want to hear what is going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hilarious. I can't, I mean, I, it's like, you can't believe what you're watching is real. Yes. And well, and because it real, isn't. It's right. not real, but, like, it's, I don't know, it's just funny. And it's, like, it lighthearted, and I just need some some of that mindless yes reality tv but Uh uh-huh yeah i know i um i've i've gone through i'm not watching this season but i have in the past actually like this is sort of sad gone to i have amazon prime and so i've gone on and like actually just purchased the season (laughs) or amazon video like i've actually bought the whole past season and like binge watched them while i used to do that Even though, yes, and actually, I don't know if I even knew because I was not really in like the, you know, I just wasn't paying attention, but I was like, I just want to binge watch this because it is so, it makes you feel good about your life. You know, really, you're like, I am fine, you know, (laughs) like I'm doing just fine. Um, At least I'm not making out with a stranger in the ocean, okay? Like, (laughs) (laughs) but But, yeah, I mean, I, I do like that. And then. I mean, we have a date night um, once a week, and that is super fun for me because we can just go out and connect and go watch a movie or go, you know, have a glass of wine. and Yeah. Just so re- he stays up past 8 p.m. for that. Yeah, he does. That's yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> that would be necessary. That's awesome. I think that's something I want to get better at because we have not very been really strict about a date night every week, and then it you – We've said like once a month, but even that sometimes we don't really uphold. But that's have you guys always done that or is that sort of new? No, it kind of started last year when the busyness really picked up. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been getting up early for a whole year. So he gets up at 4 a.m. and goes in. And um, so there's not a lot. I I don't have, you know, what other mom and moms have where like they have that morning routine with their husbands and you know I don't have that so Mm -hmm. we don't have that time to connect so we just knew we needed something um consistent so we have a babysitter that comes once a week and 
is same day every week. And I mean, oh, that's awesome. You know, it's money and it, it's hard to pay for that. But it's at the same time, we have to do that because it's an investment in your yeah. in the yeah. rest of your life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's just something we've chosen to do. And it's definitely needed. Um, yeah. There's times when we have to cancel because the kids and it's yeah. like, oh, gosh. But yeah, <laughs> date night in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So. Well, that's going to be my my goals. Maybe I need to start like saying no to maybe like some some daily and weekly coffee trips in order to yeah, afford that. Is, yeah, you definitely it is. Like, oh, can you go to Target this weekend? <laughs> right. Right. But when you think about it, it's like, do I really, you know, I come away from those trips like, okay, cool. Now all this stuff is going to go sit in its spot and I'm not even going to miss yeah. it. You and then know? you're going to have to get into the minimized kick later and throw it all away. Yeah. <laughs> and go buy more organizers to organize the crap that I just bought. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Well, I really had a fun time chatting with you, Haley. Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing more about your guys' life and yeah. what what life looks like for you guys. I think it will be really encouraging to a lot of moms who are I hope so. living, living that life as either the balloon or the string, but thank you again so much. And I hope you guys have a fun weekend. Yeah, you too. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Isn't she the sweetest? So real and down to earth. And I find it pretty amazing that she got an hour long podcast interview in while her four babies had their naps in quiet times. I hope you found it an encouragement and a breath of fresh air. Haley has had to sacrifice and lay down a lot for her family, and it's an example and challenge to me as a fellow mom to consider my heart before God as life shifts and He may be asking me to set aside certain things in order to pick up others. If you want to follow along with Haley, you can find her on Instagram at Haley Ann Unruh, and that's spelled H A Y L E Y A N N. U-N-R-U-H, Haley Ann Unruh. Or you can learn more about their business at unruhfurniture.com. Thank you so much for listening today and have a good week.